Perfect. That's how we like All to right. do it here. There we are. So we are live again. I'm Josh here with Paul. We're talking about prospects again. Paul, how are you, sir? I'm great. Great. Welcome back. This is exciting. We are. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who tuned into the first one. I mean, it got a lot more positive reviews than I thought. I thought we were just going to be two guys with no likes and no retweets talking hockey. <laughs> they got a lot more, a lot more viewers than I expected. Yeah, greatly. Hopefully, appreciate we didn't it. lose them. Yeah, I appreciate to everyone who tuned in and. Uh, Sorry to everyone who commented on Twitter and that I was not paying attention on. I So the, the app we're on doesn't pop the comments on right there. So I have it up now on Twitter. So if you guys do throw in some comments, if, if we're feeling generous enough, we'll shout you out. We'll talk about it. But uh, so, Paul, we got some prospects to talk about today. And before we do, I want to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers because they had a pretty interesting press conference where some draft talk was mentioned. So... The question was posed of trading the fifth overall pick. And Chuck Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher kind of said, you really need to blow us away to trade this pick. But if we do, we're going to do it for a guy who, who can help us win now, but also sets us up for the future. So as a, as, a, as a draft guy and as an analytic guy, how did that whole press conference make you feel? Yeah, I tried to tune in. I was at work. Um, so I was like half listening um, in and out. But... Actually, the I had to listen to the recorded audio at the end because I tried to just tune in live. I don't know if you tried that. The audio was down for like the first I, 15, 15 I minutes as, of that interview. I was at work as well, and I got to see all the comments of people freaking out about, yeah. <laughs> about um, it. But no, I didn't catch it live. <laughs> but, I mean, I think the, the biggest – I don't even know it was the biggest. I feel like the most interesting thing they said was about the Ryan Ellis stuff. Um, not that it was necessarily new information, but I think people were hoping for a little more positive news than they yeah. got there. Um, but as far as the draft, yeah, and they, they touched on it on the press conference too, that the fifth pick isn't traded very often, um, or top five pick in general. Um, I, I think it's good, not, not surprising, but good to hear that they would want to target a young 20s or early 20s guy who can help them now and in the future. Obviously, you don't. I I wouldn't personally want to trade that pick for, you know, a twenty nine year old, or or higher. Um, so that was good to hear. But I, I would expect them to keep it. Just doesn't get moved very often. And I I'm I mean probably because I'm digging into them more. But I'm kind of excited for the fifth pick too. I think they're going to get a nice player there. Yeah, me too. And uh. Uh, I, I, paid, I paid special attention to the fact that Chuck said, you know, we're not going to use this uh, pick and trade it for a guy who's 29-30. And I recall, Chuck, I recall Ron Hextall saying that so many times, and I always felt so good about it when he said that because, <laughs> like, the organization so was not that years ago. Yeah. But now I hear that, and I'm like, well, no shit. It's your job to be smart, and that's not a smart thing to do. Right. Yeah, it, it's nothing new. You know, if, if he came out and said, we'd be open to trading it for a 30 year old people would freak out about it yeah um obviously it depends if you're getting what kind of 30 year old you're getting i guess but for the most part you want a guy who's going to help you for a lot of years there yeah and a lot of people are linking it to alex to which is a topic for a, a whole nother episode because there's so many layers to what that type of trade can entail but I'm with you. The more I look at this draft and the more I see, you know, certain players rising and, and I, I get to watch more of these guys, the more I'm just excited that the Flyers are going to be picking in a draft with the fifth overall pick in a draft where I feel like there's five really not franchise altering, but very good players that will help your franchise for a long time. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, they, like who knows? They'll go, they could go off the board as, Brent Flair mentioned it during the press conference too that I think a lot of different scouts have a lot of different rankings there. It's way less consensus this year than normal, but from what seems to be the top five and almost everywhere, it's very good players. I mean, there was even, you showed it earlier, there was a mock draft that had Cooley fallen to five. Um, I've seen that mentioned once or twice. I, I doubt it, but Listeners to our last show will understand yeah. how excited we are if that were the possibility. Even the possibility is exciting. Um, but even, yeah, but I wouldn't expect them to get there. But the guys who we're going to talk about today, um, who one of them at least will likely be there, I think all of them are exciting in their own right. 
Yeah, and um, I mean, let's just dive right into it. So last week or a week before before your vacation, we talked about the top three picks. And like you just mentioned about Kimmelman's mock, it's highly unlikely that Wright, Slavkowski, or Cooley are going to be falling to pick five unless unless this Kale McCarr effect of the playoffs is really going to make a team overvalue a defenseman, which I don't think is that crazy of a concept. I mean, I, I love the top three, but these two defensemen are, are right there with them. Like, I don't think there's such a big separation of one to five in this draft. I, yeah, I, I think Cutter Gauthier, uh, I like him a lot and we'll talk about him, but I do think he's fifth of those five. Um, the other four, though, I think you can argue anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I think Cutter, I, we're going to talk about a lot, a lot about him. I like him a lot. I think that tier ends and then Cutter is number one of the next tier. And yeah, I tend, that, tend to that's agree. That's definitely what we'll get into here. So so first up, uh, number four in our ranking, or maybe not our ranking, but my ranking, <laughs> we got Simone Nemich, a Slovakian defenseman. Paul, give us your consensus on Simone Nemich. You're burying the lead there. I was going to ask you who you preferred over Juracek and Nemich. Already coming out and saying it. I've, I've spent weeks debating it. I've had, a, I've had a really hard time with this one, but... I've actually it's a no, go ahead. For me. It's a yeah. for me. I've actually bounced back and forth and um thought I was gonna say Yerchech was Yerchek was uh, above him, but I kinda changed my mind today, actually. Um and I think I preferred Nemich by a little bit as well. Um and agree, I think it's the upside. Um I mean both of them have big time upside, but they I feel like both of them kinda get maybe it's just the impression that I came in with, but I feel like both of them uh, kind of get miscast in some ways. Uh, I feel like Nemich gets a the moniker of just like an offensive guy. Um, he put up his production was pretty incredible in the league he was in. Um, I've read like it's as statistically strong of a profile as any prospect defensive prospect in multi- many years. Um, all season, he's been playing in the Czech men's league the last two years. His international performances are good. His playoffs are incredible. But he's better defensively than I think people expect as well. There's definitely some things to work out there, his positioning and whatnot. But I think he's a pretty good two-way player overall. I think what gets lost in the whole defensive argument is that he's not a big guy who hits. And yeah, he does have some size, but he doesn't play physical. Yeah, he's, he's not an overly six, physical. One, 190. Yeah, that's about right. And he, he's not an overly physical defenseman. I mean, he has no problem, you know, putting the body into someone to separate them from the puck. But he's not going to deliver huge hits, you know. Yeah. Like maybe the next guy we're going to talk about. And I, I think that's where you, you get this narrative that, well, he's an offensive guy. You can't really rely on him in the D zone. But as you just saw in the playoffs, like, there is a market for guys who hit and there's a guy, there's a market for guys who play their gaps well and have a very active stick. And and I think Simone Nemich is really good in that way. And what separates him from the next guy, I think I'm going to talk about for me, at least is just the ceiling of, I think this guy could be a franchise defenseman one day. And it's not to say the next guy is not far off from that, but Nemich just has the, the number one mold that I'm really looking for in a draft. Yeah. And I think it's important what you said there that, Although he isn't physical, he he is still solid at separating guys when he needs to. He he's like stronger than you think, and he can play tough in the corners. Um, in front of the net, he could be a little better. But same with the air check. Um, and yeah, I I think coming in from my initial readings when I was bouncing back and forth, I think I was under the impression that the air check had a better floor. Like, all right, he's a little more physical. He'll he's got the just more prototypical size. He'll be, you know, solid four there. Um, Nemich, it might be the boomer bust offensive guy, but then as I was digging in, I, I feel like Nemich has a pretty solid four. I think his four is a second pair D man who's going to run a power play. Um, and then with more rounding out, he can be that top pair guy. Yeah, I think... I think the floor with both of these guys is a good reason why they're definitely top five and either one of them could sneak into the top three. I mean, mm-hmm. you're at least getting a top four right-hand shot defenseman, which in the NHL is like gold. I mean, yeah, these guys are so sure. valuable and they're both just very talented European kids. And it's, 
like I said, for weeks, it's been hard to really separate these guys and, and figure out which one I prefer over the other. But Nemec does have just a more shifty offensive game than, than Juracek, and not by a whole lot either, But because they both do. But Nemec just strikes me as like the more high-octane offensive guy while still giving you a reliable defense. And uh, I know a lot of people have been throwing the Yossi comparables out there, which... I saw that one, yeah. I don't hate it. It's... When you I've got a European defense, I've seen like Von Klingberg too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. I think Pronman compared him to Mackenzie Weger, which I found interesting stylistically. See, that's an interesting comparison because Weger is is like a Devon Tapes for me. I think they're really good defensemen, but they're also playing with one of the best defensemen in the Ekblad's maybe yeah. not there as compared to McCarr. No. Weger is one of those guys that put up like good underlying numbers before he got his chance with Ekblad mm-hmm. um, and then kept thriving there. And whether it's because he's with a, another stud or not, I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't the comparison I expected to see, uh, which I, I did like, um, but I, I see the OC one too. I see Klingberg a little bit, you know, you don't want to put these guys on him to get those uh, comparisons going, but sure. you can see a little bit of all of it. Um, it, he's interesting because, like, he, like I mentioned earlier, his production is exceptional, and like players with his production as prospects, almost all of them have become really good players. Um, but his, when you watch him, he he's not like he doesn't necessarily wow you. Like, I mean, Kale McCarr was tough because he was in the um, was it the B, BCHL? That sounds about right. Um, I forget the name of the league, but he was in a, a maybe the AJHL. Um, but his skating, like, wowed you no matter what level he was at. Uh, certain puck skills, his shot. Nemec just, like, it's his vision and playmaking. And he plays a pretty calm game, but it adds up to just setting people up consistently and producing. Yeah, and to go back to, to what you said with the whole Uyghur debate and, uh, you know, this guy needing to be attached to the hip to someone else to be a top-pairing guy, I mean... That's not the case with these guys. And thankfully mm-hmm. it's not because the guy in Philadelphia they're likely to be paired with pending there's not a trade in the offseason is a guy who does depend on a guy to be the top defenseman on that on that pair to be a successful top line. So, you you know, Philadelphia needs to prioritize a defenseman who drives the bus. And, and luckily, Nemec is, is – that's a huge reason why I'm, I'm a much, much yeah. more in his camp than, than the rest because – he drives the bus on the line for me. You know, he's the puck moving guy who just needs a reliable defenseman who he can bring up and make better. For sure. And it's hard to, you know, project a guy to be a true number one defenseman in the NHL. That's, it's a high bar, but at the same time, it's a fifth pick and you're looking for an impact player. And I think the potential is there for both of these defensemen to get there. Um, And like you said, the Nemec does, carry a line, carry a pair. Um, he drives play great. I mean, he, he does a little bit of everything. I think he's just like, and I think Yerichek has, has the potential too, but I just feel like uh, Nemec really plays like a modern play-driving game that translates well. It's efficient, yeah. it's effective. Um, you know, like you said, there's things he can improve on defensively, but I think the defense is... Pretty good. He's good at defending the rush, gap control, and then offensively, just he makes things happen, cycling, and his shot seems to get through. He finds lanes well, which I think he does. Yerchek has a better shot, but I think Nemec does a better job getting the puck to the net through yeah. traffic. Yeah, I, I I definitely want to get back to that point about, about shots to the net with Yerchek, but with with Nemec, the offense is there. And I don't know if you could say that the other way around. I mean, the guy had a goal and 25 assists in his Czech league this year and then played in the world champions for Slovakia, having a goal and six assists, I believe. Goal and five assists in eight games. So yeah. the, the production is there. Great. Yeah, it's there for the kid. I mean, it, it's all there for the kid. And I think when I look at the top five of the draft, and if I'm, I'm thinking, does a defenseman jump Cooley or does a defenseman jump Slavkovsky at this point? And I think the offensive production that he put out, especially in the, in the World Champions, is is a driving factor of why I think Seattle might find him as a very tantalizing, tantalizing option at four. But Arizona might really want that at three, considering they're lacking on the defensive side and potentially moving out Chicken. Yeah, I mean, if you 
if any of their scouts think he can be a number one defenseman, I, that's it's pretty hard to find in the NHL. It, you don't want to pass on that. And I think there is that potential. Um, with the production, I had this noted down. I saw early, earlier that in that league, uh, Slovak league he was in, the only under 18 players to produce more than him as prospects were Marion Hosa and Marion Gabrick. Obviously, bad. are both forwards. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, had a had decent careers. So that's a pretty good players. And then his playoffs were like he stepped it up even more. I felt like so. It, it's it's an interesting calm, not not wow wowing you offense, but he gets it done. And he yeah. does have the skill. Like when I say he doesn't wow you, he he can stick handle and everything. He just it just seems calm and calculated. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and I don't necessarily need flashy from yeah, the defenseman. Yeah, it's almost and, like I saw someone say he was like Adam Fox too, and I didn't hate that one either. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great comparison. Fox is one of those guys who, you know, they drive the bus. That's a that's a franchise number one defenseman, right-handed. So it's a good comparison. I like it. Um, yeah, this is this is a real interesting one because obviously this one. These three prospects that we're talking about are, are the three biggest names, I think, that are going to be talked about in the next few weeks with the draft yeah. coming up on July 7th. I mean, one of these guys are going to be available, and one of these guys needs to change the franchise in a year or two. Like, they need to be a pivotal thing that we can, we can like, we can just depend on for this franchise because there's not a whole lot in the, in the farm system anymore. There's, there's a lot of you're really hoping that these guys end up more than just a good third liner. And, you know, this is your chance to get a, a blue chip prospect and, you know, it, it needs to be a home run. So I think you yeah. already answered the question for me, but does, is Nemec your number four? Is he the guy out of the next two guys we're going to talk about who, who you're really banking on? Um, of the three that we're talking about today? Are you yes. saying? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I'd be, happy with any of the three we're going to talk about but uh, i didn't think Nemich is who i prefer right now sure. um, and yeah and i i don't i don't think it'd be a bad pick if somebody in the top three took him either um but yeah like you were saying I, I think unless one of those three that we talked about in the last episode fall um it feels like everything's trending towards one of these guys being the flyers pick and they uh they need to hit Agreed. So before we move on to the next guy, do we have any closing thoughts on that much? Anything we didn't touch? Uh, no, I think we touched on most things there. Cool. So this draft just so happens to have another right-handed defenseman who also plays in the Czech League, who is – there's a lot of mystery around this guy because of some injury issues and some healthy scratching issues towards the end of the year. But David Juracek, Czech defenseman, right-hand shot – Paul, what are your thoughts on Juracek and you know what stands out for you with this player as compared to, to Nemec and the things we talked about with him? Yeah, he's another another right shot the man. Um, another guy who was playing in some men's leagues in Czech instead of Slovakia here, but he was in some leagues that most prospects his age don't play in and was playing good minutes there. Had a knee injury that he missed most of the season, came back for the Worlds and Look, I, I think luckily for him, because um, he showed pretty well there, and I, I think it probably eased some concerns after that injury, especially because I think skating was one of the questions around him more so than other things. And um, coming back from knee injury, I think there'd be a little more questions after that, but he showed pretty well in that tournament. Um, he's another one. I was saying that both guys, I feel like, were, were miscast a little, and maybe that was just my read on it, and that was wrong, but... Like I was saying with Nemec being offensive, I feel like people talk about Juracek as being like just a, a stay-at-home physical defenseman where I feel like he I, – I would I'd say he's a two-way defenseman, but he – I was even reading one scouting report that said he's an offense-first guy, which I don't know if I agree with, but the fact that it's out there I think shows differently than what some might think about him. Um, not sure he has quite the vision of Nemec, but – he does have some good playmaking and his passing's really good and he's got a bomb of a shot. Um, yeah. It's a real interesting debate when they say, you know, is he a defensive defenseman? Is he an offensive defenseman? He's for me, he's, he's the new generation of defensemen where 
these guys, they, they, they're offensive minded. They have a mind for it. They have a good offensive IQ, but they're, they're smart defensively. And yeah. he, he's, he's another one of those guys where I think where, where I thought Nemesh excelled offensively, I think your excels defensively. I think he's really good with his gaps and he is one of those guys where if he's separating from the puck, he's going to put you down. He, he's, yeah. he does have, have, and he's, have that knack for big hits. And I think he's going to get better with hitting too. With He's 6'3". He's listed at 6'3", 190. So you imagine he's going to fill out a little more. Um, and his skating can improve a little bit, which I think will help him line up hits as well. Um, so I think we'll get even better there. I, I feel like when people get tagged with like the big physical guy, you just assume the offense isn't quite there. Um, but I think his offense is pretty solid. I mean, his yeah. production wasn't quite uh, Nemich, but it it was good. It was I know it was the top for, I think he had the top under 25 point production as a defenseman in that league, and he was 17, 18. Um, so it, it is still solid production, and he... Uh, he was trying to be, I was reading, he was trying to be a little more aggressive in the worlds because I think he was trying to show that to people that he can play that side. Got him out of position a couple times, but he pinches and um, he likes being involved offensively too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to whether it's the Flyers or another franchise picks this guy up. What's the offseason regimen going to be? Because my big concerns with him is filling out. I mean, he's going to he's gonna add on some muscle. He's six foot three. He's probably going to end up weighing 210 by the time he makes his NHL debut. But a lot of the times when I'm watching Juracek play, the one thing that does worry me is, is the foot speed. It's, it's yeah. getting back and, you know, trying to beat out a four checker. That, that does freak me out watching his tape a little bit. He's not the fastest guy in the world. And this is a league where it's four check, four check, four check. You know, you got guys on you and you're going to need to be able to skate back and either beat out an icing or go recover a puck and start the breakout. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it seems like some people are divided on it. I think Pronman had him below average. Let me double check on that. Um, on his skating. Yeah, he, yeah, he has him below average. Um, I know a couple other reports were saying they weren't worried about it. Um, he kind of has like a a weird stride. Uh, like Nemich isn't, I wouldn't say has like elite speed, but he's really fluid skater, easy to watch. Your check looks a little sloppier, but a speed is decent. Um, but there's definitely work there to be done, I think. Um, I don't think it's terrible. I think it's maybe average. But um, I think that's one of the areas he would need to improve most if if he wants to hit, you know, the big upside that he has. Yeah, I agree. His pivoting's a little wonky right now. Yeah, and he he has some of that ability in the in the D zone. You know, when he's patrolling the blue line, he, he does he does skate the line very well. But yeah. it, it could be better. The one thing that that really has impressed me in the D line is his ability to get the shot through. And just his shot in general. I mean, he, he has a really smart shot. And most notably, he keeps his wrist shots really low coming from the point. Yeah, I agree with that. And he had some really some really good offense in that league playing that way. So the, the shot, I mean, maybe Nemich gets it through a little better, but I think Juracic has the better overall shot. Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, I think Juracic definitely has the better shot. I think Nemich's shot is... Uh, one of the areas he could improve more. He's definitely more past a distributor than shot guy where Yerchek, I feel like he's got a cannon of a slap shot and pretty good wrist shot as well. Um, I, f- I feel like sometimes he almost overuses it and then he blasts it into people's ankles or something when he could make make a move real quick, sub a different lane. Uh, where Nemich is a little... In the offensive zone, he's a little more manipulative with fake shots, fake passes. Um, but I agree with you that I, I love that your check shot is normally like below the knee level and he's going for tips and rebounds and it's a heavy shot. So his shots impressive for sure. Yeah. And for me, I mean, personally choosing between the defensive guy I want, it, it's the guy who's, who's doing more of the fake shots and making more kind of stuff happen in the ozone yeah. because we just watched a guy win a con smite doing it in the NHL playoffs. And it, it's not an art that you give up in the playoffs to focus more on heavy hitting and, and forechecking. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 
you need these guys and, and Nemec definitely has it and Juricic does too. I just think it needs to be refined and needs to work on a yeah. little more to really get it at the NHL level. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think I think Juricic is probably a little more creative than people assume and he can be on a power play as well. Um, he has some he has some pretty good puck skills, but I think the creativity comes a little more natural to Nemec um, with just manipulating defenders a little bit. Yeah, and like we mentioned about the offensive production, he had five goals and six assists for uh, his, his HC check team, which it, it's, it's one of those things like we talked about last episode, and I think you should go with, you know, the offense in, in overseas European leagues playing with adults is not like it is in junior. Yeah, five goals and six assists sounds very mediocre when you're talking about a defenseman. But if you factor in his age, you factor in the league he plays in, it doesn't so much. But it also does play a factor that Nemec was able to put up 27 points in, in, in such a league and really see the offensive come where Juracek was he, he definitely beat him in the goals department. But the overall offensive production wasn't there. And you wonder without the knee injury, what kind of conversation are we having is it different? Is, is your check, you know, not hindered? Is he having more of an offensive season? It's, there's a lot of yeah. questions with this guy. And he came out of the gate. I think he had seven in the first 11 games. So, um, slowed down. I don't, I don't know if that was a little puck luck or if he started, I don't know how the knee injury came about. Um, all those fact, all those could be factors. Um, he, I think he had one and one in the world cup. I was going to say, I, I would have to look up, um, the translations of the Czech and the Slovak league. I'm not sure on the scoring translatability there, um, yeah. but they were both in the world cup and, or the world. Yeah. World championship. And Nemec had six points there. I think you're a chicken too. So he does produce a little, I mean, this, there's a couple of rankings that are just like model based, based on st- statistics and they love Nemec. Um, and you check it has them like top 10, but more towards the 10 area where Nemec comes in like number two or number three in the whole draft. Um, so production-wise, definitely leans Nemec. I just think Juracek has some underrated offensive ability too, but he he does have decent shiftiness on his skating, but the burst could improve. And like you were saying with playing against men, um, I think that's another point in his skating that like, though it doesn't stand out, it's a little... A little better that he's playing against men rather than it's not standing out in the OHL or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's where I I don't know. What do you, do you think either of them can? When do you think they would play in the NHL? I think there's a little bit of work for both of them. There's definitely work for both of them. I think I think you can get away with the size of your check, and I think if you're a desperate organization, which Philadelphia is not, or at least they should not be is to bring your check in next year and, and let him develop, you know, in the NHL. And I, I don't think that's, that's the case, but I think a desperate organization could make that choice. However, I think if you're looking at these guys, who's going to make the quickest impact in the NHL, it, it's your check. I think he's, he's more likely to make the NHL in his, his draft plus one year where I think Nemich might need a year or two, but these guys, they don't have much of a separation in between them. I, I think they're both going to be on a very similar path and, I think if you really want to get a good taste of, of how these guys are going to going to stack up and compare, the uh, World Juniors are going to be going on in August, and you're, right. you're, going to, you're going to be able to get to see the yeah. There, there's hockey coming for October. This is I hate COVID, fuck COVID, but it's so awesome that we get hockey in the off season and, and a tournament. And that like is, I'm fun so hockey, obsessed. like there's nothing like World Junior hockey unless it's the Olympics or playoffs. That's no, the best. Like the hockey's so entertaining and. You know, no matter what guy we take in the top, with our fifth pick in the top 10 of the draft, all these guys are going to be in the World Juniors. So yeah. the guy we take, we're going to be watching in August, which is an exciting prospect for, for Philadelphia fans who are, who are fucking miserable, which I get it. Me too. But Well, if they you shouldn't speak too soon, if they get drafted by the Flyers, they might have a neck problem pop up before the World Juniors. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I mean, I I bench press occasionally, and I've never felt the twinge in my neck. But reading is that, that what it was? Made, that's what he said, and that made me so scared. Like to, to yeah, know you could just be going for. And he said it was lightweights. He was getting yeah. He said it was a warm up. Getting ready for a press, and, and felt the twinge in his neck. And I mean, they said it was unrelated to anything else he had. So that could just happen to anyone. That's terrifying. 
Yeah, it's it's really a shame. Hopefully he's hopefully they manage it correctly and he recovers well and you know they don't rush that one. Well, I know one there's I, I know there's some uh, staff. yeah right. I know they have some pressure to be good from ownership quickly, but uh, you know that's one of the guys you want to build around and you don't want to mess up that that uh recovery. Yeah. Well, this franchise has a lot has a lot of work in front of them, and they have the potential to draft two, one of two defensemen who are going to be real impact players in the NHL, or they can go off the board. And it's not that off the board anymore. No. If you're paying attention to the rankings, there is one Cutter Goche sneaking up in the rankings and making Bob McKenzie Bob McKenzie's number five over David Yurichek. And this is where the spiciness begins because. I remember doing HW radio a few weeks ago, and I could have swore Cutter Goche was a kid from Minnesota who Chuck would have an obsession with. That just seemed like a guy that he would target. And lo and behold, Philadelphia is being linked to Cutter Goche, being interested in him, and he's impressing a lot of scouts. I don't know what it's been in the past few weeks that have turned a lot of a lot of opinions around, but Cutter Goche at number five, Paul, thoughts? Yeah, like you said, he's been rising. Um consolidated rankings he's now number nine uh five on mckenzie's board which is always the most accurate it's just pulling a bunch of nhl scouts that makes sense um he's top five and around top five in a couple of places and seems like most mock drafts have him going around five to seven um i feel like his rise is probably because of the projectability of his game and it, the it's a size skill thing Kind, I mean, Slavkovsky was a size skill combo, but a little, little different here. But still, around the same thing. It's he's a big body with good speed and skill. Um, he's used in every situation for the U.S. program. Power play, penalty kill. Played with Cooley. I think part of the rise is that he told their teams asked him to play center, and he played a little bit of the U.S. program. And I, they say he's going to play center at BC. Um, so I think that rises him up a little bit. And it's just the like translatable skills that he has over some other guys who are more projections, I feel like that is probably a big reason for his rise. Well, I mean, and, and it's a good thing Arizona holds pick number three because it wasn't long ago they they surprised everyone to Barrett Hayton, a big guy who plays center. And, and another – sorry to interrupt there, but uh, another guy who was kind of a late guy was Pierre-Luc Dubois and – He's kind of similar to Cutter Gauthier. Yeah, yeah. When a guy who has cutter size and his goal-scoring ability and his skating tells a scout, hey, I played some center, then it gets really interesting. And and now he's sneaking up into the fifth the fifth ranking in a lot of drafts. And, you know, the Flyers are looking at him. And I think a lot of other teams will too because Cooley to me is, is a guy I really like. And we talked about him last one, but – Gauthier's got the size. He could skate. He's got the shot. If he's if he's a center, and he's and you know, NHL GMs around the league are starting to see this guy and think he could be a top center in the league. It wouldn't really shock me to see him be picked top three anymore. Yeah, no, his his shots impressive. It's it's probably among the top three in the class. Um, I've seen Cutter. It's interesting because I feel like. He has that the translatable skills and easy projectability that he kind of gets labeled as like a middle six guy with a good shot. Um, and I've seen some people say he's a safer guy without the upside. But then at the same time, I think Corey Promman ranked him number two or number three on most upside in the draft. Um, and then he, he actually, for what it's worth, he had Yerichek at six and Nemec at seven. Um but yeah, he ranked Cutter top three, and I found it interesting because I feel like a lot of people talk about him as like the safe power forward type, modern power forward, um, but maybe not the upside of some of the other guys around him, and that could be up to for debate. Sure, and I think if you're also one of those guys who, well, I mean, this is more for a fan base than it is for an organization, but if you're a guy who really prioritizes you know, stats, I mean... 34 goals and 31 assists in the U.S. National Development Program is pretty damn good. And yeah, his his production was good. It was it wasn't elite necessarily for like a top five, but it was good. His USHL production was really good. 
Um, I think he had like 17 goals in 19 games or something. And yeah, and I know some people like some people said he played with Cooley, but you can make that argument for Cooley too that he played with an elite goal scorer. Um, so you know that goes both ways. Uh, I, we talked about last week uh, that one M- Mitchell Brown who tracks some of the OHL and U.S. program games, and he has um, he has Cutter Gauthier as the best in expected goals per sixty. I mean his shots. A, major weapon in the offensive zone his playmaking was above average not not necessarily at the top top of the class but it was still above average but the shooting really drove play pretty well yeah yeah and that shot i mean i i don't think i'm i'm putting him in the conversation with slavkovsky yet because i haven't seen him done it at that level but i think it's different uh yeah i think cutters is better from distance than slavkovsky okay all right, I'm liking. Where I this think is his going. release. I think his release is really good. Um, Slavkovsky is probably a little better around the net. Uh, and I know Cutter Gauthier. I was reading was getting better at driving to the middle throughout the later parts of the season, getting more power moves towards the net. He's got the body and size, so that should be a huge part of his game moving forward. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And I think the one thing that we're we're seeing with with Cutter Gauthier that is kind of not putting him up there is is his defensive play and not necessarily him defending it's it's a little bit of the coasting and yeah. the bigger circles he he takes on the forecheck and, and you know in his own zone and that's my really only issue with Cutter Gauthier in the top five is he just it, it's the motor that, yeah that kind of scares me a little bit with him I'm glad yeah I'm glad you brought that up because. It seems like people talk about him as this two-way guy. Um, you know, he plays in all zones, and he's a big part of big part of their penalty kill. So I think he has the ability. Um, but in that in the tracking that I was just mentioning, his defense doesn't come out too great. Um, and I think it probably is because of what you're saying. Sometimes you just kind of coast in the defensive zone. Um, the consistency. I don't know if it's effort or you know, I don't want to say it's effort because you know I don't want to give him that label but consistency or sometimes floating around the D zone can hurt him a little bit there don't worry someone more important than us is absolutely going to give him that label in the next <laughs> before this draft happens it's, it's one of those things that are going to happen I saw well who is it some somebody today said Braden Shen is comparable and uh it's, it, I see it in some ways. I don't love it because I used to rip on Braden Chen a little bit. I'm but... glad I wasn't the only one because <laughs> that, that trade's getting revisited a lot, and I don't want to talk about the trade. I just want to talk about Chen as a flyer. I mean, great player, but like lazy. At yeah, times. he was. I, it wasn't bad by any means, but he just felt like there was more there. All the, like there were games when he really physically asserted himself that he was like the best player on the rank. Mm-hmm. And you'd see it and be like, why? Why does that only pop up every five to ten games? And it, it's been a little better in St. Louis, but I, yeah. I, I'll always be left feeling like there was more to Braden Shen than we saw. I agree. Just, I agree. I just don't know if he had it in him to unlock it. He was also—I don't know if this is part of it—but the hype was pretty high on him. I, I know when they traded for him with Simmons, like he was labeled the best prospect outside the NHL at the time, and. He had a great uh, World Juniors. There was there was some big hype on him. And not to tie him back to Cutter Goche, but he was also the fifth overall pick, correct? <laughs> I think he might have been. I think him and his brother were both fifth overall picks, weren't they? I think I thought Luke Shen was second. Maybe he might have been second. Now you might be right. I mean, that says more about your organization than it does the player. No offense, to Luke Shen, but uh, that was different. Yeah, <laughs> that that's back when we prioritized. It weren't quite defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, he went. He went. Luke Shen went fifth. Okay, well, cool. That's cool for the brothers, and it does tie back to the conversation we're having with Goche. I mean, I wouldn't call him the best prospect outside of hockey if he gets drafted, but he's certainly been soaring up the rankings high enough to where we don't know where this goes in the next few weeks. I mean, you know, the draft's July seventh. He can only shoot up so far. So we'll really see how this ends up we got a really interesting debate at four five and six with Nemec, Yerchek, Goche and I want to tie this back into the press conference today because 
Chuck did mention, and you brought it up earlier, that they're eyeing certain guys and, and there's not a consensus. It's less than it ever has been where they have certain guys higher than others. And when he mentions trading back, were you getting the feeling as though they prioritize one of the defensemen over the other? Um, no, I, I wasn't really thinking about it too much at the time, but I didn't necessarily get that feeling, but it's, it's possible. Um, it did seem like there was definitely some interest in trading back more so than trading the pick. I felt like, um, or pick for a player. Yeah. It felt like that was a possibility, but I don't know if it was from preferring one of the defensemen over the other, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. And I, I think you and I are both in the same boat that trading back is, is, it could be a smart option, but you have the fifth overall pick and there are five really good players, you know, don't fuck that up. Yeah. My, my only like worry with cutter cutter, I guess at five is like, is he creative enough to make his line mates better as a fifth overall pick? Um, but I do like him a lot, and uh, I think there's a lot to like there. I mean, his numbers are good. The, he like I feel like I've seen some people wonder about his skating as well, and uh, people say like you know good skating for his size. I don't think you even need to say that necessarily for him. I think he just is a good skater. Um, there were times where I watched him where I thought like I'm surprised that he doesn't have a little more separation there, or I expected him to get to a certain puck, but for the most part. Um, I think he is a pretty good skater, and more so than his like top end speed, he's good in stop and start um, and edge work, which is probably more important than just that straight line speed. So I wouldn't worry about that. And yeah, I mean, I think you draft him, you're going to get a pretty good player. With I wonder like if he has the IQ to really hit a high ceiling, um, but he has the skills and frame to be to a top line player. Sure. Um, I feel like every time I'm reading about Carter Goche, I'm getting the Max Pacioretty comparison thrown in my face. And yeah, it's all over day. That was interesting. Same with your check with Moritz Sider. You're just, they're, they're throwing the comparables at you because yeah. they play similar styles. And I don't, I don't necessarily hate either of those comparables. I think they're pretty mm-hmm. accurate as far as things go, as far as the way they play. But I'm with you on Cutter. It's, the goal scoring doesn't scare me. I, I love that. I love the quickness. I just the strength. D- does he make a line better? Yeah. Does he exactly. rely on his line to score? And, and that's where Which, the cool debate, I'm sure, comes in. And that's kind of the Shen thing too, where I felt like Shen needed a line mate. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the cider thing. I meant to mention that too. I feel like everybody wants Iracek to be cider. Um, you're international, baby. Yeah, international guy who can be physically imposing, has some puck skills. Um, it's possible. It's just, you know, it feels easy to, he's the last guy to do it. And you're like, oh, maybe this is the next cider. Um, you know, you don't want to just fall in that bucket easy. But it's mm-hmm. definitely interesting. And we, I feel like you throw out so many comparables and they're fun. Um it's hard to project. I saw Cutter Gauthier. I saw a Bobby Ryan comparison as well. Um, wow. I've not seen size. that one, but yeah, I saw the Fire today. should have been all over that. Yeah, I know. South Jersey. Um, just with size and goal scoring. Um, you know, Cutter is big body. I feel like he doesn't necessarily crush people all the time, but he has the ability to. Um, and yeah, this that he is. Playmaking was getting better as the season went on, but still needs a little work. And the goal scoring, though, is definitely there. I'm not worried about that. Sure. Well, this has been an interesting debate with four, five, and six. And last show, I had you play a game. This show, I'm going to have you play a game. So <laughs> let's say this draft falls according to most mocks and most normal mocks where we're seeing Wright, Slavkovsky, Cooley, and Nemich. You have the right-handed defenseman and David Juracek. You have Cutter Goche, who's rising up the rankings. You have Frank Nazar, who you're fucking in love with, and I'm not going to discount in this in this conversation. <laughs> Paul, where are you headed with pick number five in Philadelphia? He put Nazar in there. It's, it makes it a little tougher for me. 
I, um, I had to I had to give you a, a bone because this is too kind of easy a question. The way the way mock drafts are going though, it it feels like I mean I'm I'm team get your guy and don't risk losing them, but at the same time, feels like if they want a Nazar, it's a trade back opportunity. Um, but from I think I would go with David Yerichek, go with the the upside there. I, I although I prefer Nemec a little bit right now. Um, I still think the floor is pretty good with Yerichek, and if he improves the skating a little bit, I think he can be a, a top pair guy. Um, and skating again isn't isn't terrible. I don't think it just needs some improvement to really be a complete impact player. Uh, but I think I would go with him over Cutter just for what you were saying and what we were just talking about. Um, I need to see a little more of, need to get a little more confident in Cutter's ability to drive the line where if I'm picking at five, that's that's what I want. I'd still be happy with Cutter. I think there's potential that he does it. I'm really intrigued um, that he's going to be playing center at BC this year. And if his playmaking improves a little I th- and that, consistency with the coasting and all i think he can drive the line i just need to see a little more of it um but that goal scoring and with the size and skating is pretty pretty impressive package too so i, I wouldn't i'd be pretty happy with that pick as well but i, I would lean your check how about you yeah I, i'm with you um goche has been exciting me more and more as the weeks go by and i hear more people talk about him i'm convincing myself that i wouldn't hate the pick but I wouldn't love the pick if they go with Goche at five. I think there's a lot of debate on trading the pick. There's a lot of debate on trading back. There's a lot of debate on who you pick. And, and the one con- the one constant I've had in the last few years is just don't overthink it. You know, take whichever the defensemen are left because it, it, they're both high-end guys. They're both going to be really good in the NHL, at least top four defensemen. And this is a franchise who is sorely lacking that on the right side. So I think you don't overthink it. Your check or Nemich are going to be there. And if neither of them are there, then you have a home run pick at five because someone's passed on Cooley and Slav. So right. I'm with you. Your check's the guy. I mean, you need a right-hand shot to play with Provorov. And I think if Provorov's not traded, and I think if, if he does play well on their torts, then I think that's a marriage that can look really nice if you have – Provorov playing with one of these puck movers who, who who drive a line and are legit top pairing guys. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, hopefully Provorov looks good with Torts and he's here for the future. Um, and you do that, but uh, you know, you never know with these prospects. And I, I think he, it's hard to slot him in. Like, all right, he'll play with Provorov in the future because I don't think either one of them will play this year. Yurichek or Nemec, so who knows how this season goes and what they decide to do moving forward with the team. Um, but they need impact players everywhere. And, uh, you know, I would go best available and I feel like your check is a little, a little more above him. I've, I've gotten pretty excited about Nemec the last day or two going, diving deeper in. Um, yeah, me too. But I'd be happy with either of the other two as well. But uh, Nemec would have me really excited though. I think. Yeah, I'll be ecstatic if we just take one of the defensemen. But and Nemitz is not in the ballpark of the guy. But just again, watching Kale McCarr here in Denver and watching what he did, yeah. and how shifty he was in the in the ozone and faking out people with fake shots. I mean, yeah, there's none of that in our prospect pool, and no. there's a possibility to add that. And and Chuck did mention he's not looking at trade up scenarios, so you just you hope somehow the guy ends up at five. I, I don't think so, but. Yeah, I've really gotten to fall in love with Nemich. I think he's going to be a real special player for the for the NHL in the next few years. I mean, it really is interesting in in these um, like consolidated rankings. There's what's it looks like almost almost twenty guys who have a top eight ranking and at least some source. Um, so I'm sure NHL teams are similar. I mean. I'm sure there's different opinions all over the place. There's about 12 different guys with top five rankings. So, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Some One of those guys could fall. Um, we'll see. I'm, some people have saved a lot at three. Some people have them down in the 20s. Um, I'd be surprised if one of those top three are there, but 
I, I think the crazier things have happened. I mean, I, if I were a team in the top three, I'd be considering Nemich. Sure, me too. He, so, he's, ris- he's risen that high to where yeah. if you're Arizona or even if you're New Jersey, and I don't think it's a possibility too, but I think you really have to think about how special he was and, and how how like offensively he came on at the end of that year. And he, yeah, he just looks so impressive. 17 and 19 in the playoffs. Yeah, that's really good. Slovak Men's League. Um, yeah, and, and I think we touched on it earlier. You know, people talk about how, how did teams miss on Kale McCarr. Um, and you wonder if teams are worried about missing on the next Kale McCarr. I, I don't think Nemec is McCarr necessarily. I, I think that skating ability is second to none. And it was it was second to none as a prospect too. Um, he has some of the deceptiveness and manipulation of him, but I, I don't think he's Kale McCarr. I, I mean, first of all, I don't think like anybody is. He's going to be no. one of the best defensemen of all time. He's, he's built different. Yeah, but I do think he'd be getting an impact player with high-end upside for sure. Sure. Well, Paul, this has been a big one. I mean, Flyers are picking five. We're talking four, five, and six. Um, before we go, do you have any any ending thoughts on, on these guys and any thoughts about who we're going to be talking about next? Um, on these guys, not, not too much more, I think. We touched on it. All, all three guys are exciting prospects in their own right. I think they all three of them would help the Flyers for sure. Um, all different skill sets that they need. They need a lot of things. Um, the next three, we'll have to we'll have to discuss who those three will be. Because there's um, a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, as we were just saying, there's a lot of different opinions. The based on the rankings, it'd be Kamel, Savoie, and Lekaramaki, but. I'm sure we'll touch on a couple other guys. As you mentioned, I, I have a little bit of a love for Nazar. And I got a little and, bit uh, of love for Marco Casper, so we might be talking about some him. different players. Yeah, touch on a couple a couple sleepers we like maybe. But, yeah, it's exciting. The draft's coming up quick. Yeah, I was, we got I was watching July the, 7th, right? I was at a bar or something and saw the NBA draft come on the other day. And was was getting getting me excited for the nhl draft thinking like oh yeah that's coming up soon i love draft time i know fans are you know we're kind of tired of being two to three years away but i still get excited for these guys i'm a draft guy through and through i mean (laughs) just because of like the craziness of the trades that are going to happen like the buzz around the trade market is nuts and draft is where a lot of that comes to fruition and then the draft itself because we're picking top five in a pretty good draft so it's really exciting. Um, I'm just, I can't wait to get going. We got about nine more days, week and a day or something like that. Yeah, it's that. July 7th, right? Sounds about right. So it's third, yeah, July 7th. <clears throat> um, yeah, it'll be exciting. And I'm hoping for some moves too. We got Fiala move today. Maybe a couple, maybe the Brinkat will be gone by the draft. Uh, obviously, I'd like the Flyers to be involved in something, but just having big, big guys moved around the league is fun. <laughs> It's going to be an exciting day, and I think we're going to we're going to be talking again on here before the draft. So be sure to check that out. I mean, thanks everyone for tuning in. For Paul, for myself, thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you guys next time. 